labor the other 364 days of the year? <laughs> I'll make it 363. It's like the longest Sabbath ever. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm hot, Robert. It's hot out there. It's cutting the grass and it's hot. It's We're going through a heat wave in early September, aren't we? It's Labor Day. I shouldn't be working on Labor Day, should I? No, you're supposed to labor on Labor Day. Isn't oh, that how, isn't that how to... it goes? It's not how it works. I think you're supposed to appreciate it and take the holiday off because of the labor one does all year round. Maybe. I don't know. We should look into that. You labor the other 364 days of the year? (laughs) I'll make it 363. It's like the longest Sabbath ever. Right? (laughs) Speaking of Sabbath, that summer flew by. Were we even on? We were. We had a guest and everything. It just seems like we were Well, You were never around, for one. That's right. I was with the senior crews. Oh, and I, w- yeah. I was gone for the first two weeks. You were down east. Some of us had the shortest summer hour ever because... Well, then you took another working. two weeks holidays. You're, you're like yeah, I had to get stuff done, had like to get stuff done around the house. It's ridiculous how many weeks holiday you get now in yeah, your well, LPA position. Just trying to keep up with you. Yeah. Right. Speaking of keeping up, it must feel weird this day before back to school that you won't be joining us and back to school. It is very weird, very, I don't want to say it's like an out-of-body experience, but it it <laughs> is it is weird. It is very weird. Yeah. I do have to say, uh, shout out to friends and former colleagues of ours, uh, Jean-Marc, Paul, and Terry, who invited me to go out golfing tomorrow morning. But oh. of course, I'm working, so I couldn't do that. But yeah, that thought crossed my mind at one point when I was planning to retire. Yeah, that first Tuesday after Labor Day, I know on the golf course, first thing in the morning, right? Yeah, they were setting up some golf games this week, and I'm like, ah, got to oh. join you guys. Please, so God, I'll, soon. I'll, I'll save that for next year then when, yes, when you're definitely. able to join us. Definitely. But we are going to get together for a Knights of Columbus golf tournament in a few weeks with a couple of those guys. So that's good, right? God willing. God willing. So listen, pal, as we get going, because mm-hmm. I know how thirsty you are. Like you said, it's a, a stinking hot day out there. Oh, we, didn't, we didn't have a truly hot day through the whole month of August. We had a very pleasant month of mm-hmm. August, but it was never that oppressive heat. Flip the calendar to September, and then all of a sudden, we have 30-plus degrees. I have no clue what that is in Fahrenheit. I think safe. we're into the 90s in Fahrenheit now. It's it's mid, it's mid almost mid-30s, so I, th- I think that's into the 90s. And so we're hot. We're stinking hot. We're not Arizona Phoenix hot, but we're pretty hot. So again, with all of that heat, uh, it does make us thirsty. And so before we introduce our beers, I wanted to introduce to you, my friend, I have a new sound effect here for the show. Nice. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this. You kept this total surprise for me here. Here we go. Okay, it's a bell that's not belling. Ring for beer. Ring for beer. Ring for beer. It's not ringing. Roberto, you've got a bell that's the worst bell ever. Do you hear anything on your side? I hear the bell's in my hand. You hear nothing? Let me try. Try to do this. Because you're giving our viewers, you could see Robert's ringing a bell, a small little bell. It says ring for beer, but there's you're no not, sound. You, you got none of that whatsoever. Got nothing. I don't think any of the listeners got anything either. Well, then I guess that's it. We're, we're, there, there's no no bell for us. Would you have to take off your headphones maybe and just do it without? And maybe that might work, do you think? No, because, no, because it's yeah, just through the microphone. The mic. Why? Do it again. Oh. There's a faint, <laughs> that's the faintest bell ever. Here we go. I think that's worse. I think I don't think I'd hear as much as that's I heard it before. cover back on the microphone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave it there for the picture anyways. 
Right. And when you edit, you can see if you got it. Do you want me to bring my big or where's your big bell from our 25th years? It's teaching? way over. It's way over there collecting. Oh, mine's dust. upstairs. Yeah. Do you no, wanna, that's that's not no, going to happen. I'm, Anyhow. I'm disappointed. I'm so, very disappointed. Okay. That's so cool. Where'd you get that, by the way? My uh, my son, Michael, brought that back from Belgium. Oh, excellent. For me. Cool. So do you think I'd be allowed to take that into work? I think so. <laughs> I think I think father would get a kick out of that. No. Just just on another aside, when and my son returned from Belgium, uh, Matthew, and he brought me a couple of beers, and I wanted to have one today. But unfortunately, it's 750 mil, so let's say it's double the normal size, and it's 9.5%. So if I wanted to get anything done tonight with the first day of school tomorrow, I probably thought maybe I should leave that for maybe another occasion. That, maybe that's another together. day. Yeah, that, that's definitely for another day. I'm looking forward to another Belgian beer. So then what are you drinking today? Good question. I am drinking from Dan down the road. You know, my neighbor down the road. He was up in Lindsay. Dan the man. Dropping off his daughter in Lindsay. And at the Lindsay Brewing Company, First Response Amber Ale. Very cool. I never even heard of the Lindsay Brewing Company. That's just, just up the road from me, maybe about half an hour away. I'll have to make a little field trip one of these days. Can you see what's on the front of that? So that's a fire fire hall there on the front. Very good, Robert. Correct. Built in 1902, the Lindsay Fire Hall stands tall and proud to the west of us. Our amber ale honors our first responders and frontline workers, uh, including my wife. We are grateful for the knowledge, selflessness, and bravery. And we all shout out to all the frontline workers and the first responders, too. And with that, I want to make a public service announcement Ooh. then that you say that because on our way out to London PSA. this weekend... Because we went to London for the Labor Day weekend. It's my mm-hmm. father-in-law's birthday. He turned 89. So God bless Tony. Ah, that's a great um, age. Prayer for, for Tony. He just turned 89. But as we were driving um, along, we t- always take the back roads because it's mm-hmm. just a lot less stressful than taking the highway. And you got and lots of time on your hand too. All of a sudden, there were all of these pickup trucks just piling into this one mm. driveway. It was like they were road racing each other. And then here's where the public service announcement comes into all of this. Finally saw on one of the them on the dashboard a flashing green light. Have you ever seen a car with a flashing green light, sir? No, oh, I don't think I have. Do you know what the flashing green light means? I do not know. Volunteer firefighter. Wow. So if you're driving along, you look in the rearview mirror and some guy's tailgating you, but he's got the flashing green light. Thank you. Volunteer Pull over like you would for a fire truck, a police car, or an ambulance. Yeah. Because he's getting himself to the fire station so he can get on the big red truck. I did not know that. Right? I was so, like, see the things you le- you learn on the back roads of Ontario, Robert? That's very cool. Right. So hopefully making that public service announcement will save a life one day. A flashing green, green flashing light. Red, flashing green light. Excellent. Yeah, not red, green. Just flashing just green. green. Flashing green light. And well, so, without further ado, what do you I'm have wondering... before I say the prayer? We we spoke about this before. We I did. mentioned it before. The the Gahan Honey Wheat Ale. Uh, I picked this up in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, That's on nice. my two Is that a week retirement. Bee on the front there, it's B. So they they actually put honey into the beer from local apiaries, right? right. Uh, and this is just I'm looking forward to it. It was the second of two cans of this beer that I purchased. I had one while I was there. Mm-hmm. Been saving this one. At okay, one point, I'd like to it, share it with you, but as long uh, I like as it's it too a, much. <laughs> as long as it's a smidgen of honey or a drop of honey. I think we had something before, <laughs> and it was all you could all it was too much honey, but or taste of honey. Yeah, no, so, this is just a, a very, very slight taste of honey. Um, that little hint of sweetness, but it's an, an absolute beauty of a beer. And I've got my special cup too, my oh, Union Saint Gilloise cup with uh from the Jupiler Pro League. So you've got Jupiler on the one side from okay. uh, Belgium and then the USG for Union saint gilloise uh, one of the top teams in the top flight of Belgian soccer. So Okay. I've got uh, some sad news about my Jupiler, which I picked up in Bruges. My youngest daughter, Kate, who just we just dropped her off at university, was just before she was going, was unloading the dishwasher, Robert. And oh, you lost a glass? And unfortunately, the Jupiler which I loved, got dinged in the dishwasher. So if anybody's out there who's in Belgium, actually, I'd probably ask my son to pick one up, maybe. Okay. You were going to say prayer there, my friend. I was. Yeah, but I missed my Jupiler. 
So you had an actual Jupiler glass? Yeah, I got a Jupiler glass from Bruges. You could pay two euros and give, and then you get your money back, or you could just keep the glass. I kept the glass, brought it all the way back from Bruges to Ajax, and unfortunately, the dishwasher, she was doing a good deed by doing the dish, unloading the dishwasher, but it got dinged. Oh, well, my other question is, just, what are you doing As drinking the Jupiler say, when you're there? Because it's Jupiler no, is, <laughs> is like the garbage. Hey, that's what you get in the Bruges. Um, anyhow. You shouldn't be saying that about Jupiter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body, and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautifully done, sir. Cheers. That. Dark, eh? Oh, that's a, a nice dark amber it's that nice you've got to go. And I've got a nice light honey that colored. Looks, ear looks, yours looks a bit hazy, too. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Just as I remembered it. Oh. I have to take a second sip. Mm. Second sipimus. That's delicious. Absolutely delicious. We better not drink it all before we get through some of the program today. So we've got a couple things on the go today, Robert, correct? Correct. We never did talk about my seniors cruise, which you wanted to mention. I was just going to say, we we alluded to it when we were chatting at the the beginning. Um, Your seniors cruise. You know, we should make fun of it because remember my sister did. She was out from England at the time, Marianne, who's gone back now. And she really liked the show. And she wrote them saying that we were giving a good plug to... um, Viking cruise and um and we heard back as well. No free cruises though, Robert. But no, it was excellent. It was really, really well done. You know Europe as well as anybody. And just see those cathedrals and the abbeys and the beautiful little towns that we spent time in. It was absolutely magnificent. The food was great and it was great. A little bit and of rain I, here I've, and there, but I've heard that about the Viking cruises that they're you know, they're top notch. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely top notch. Now, where did you get on the boat? Now, you probably just before I tell you where. Now, you probably don't do this a lot, but um, because where you go mostly, you're probably the elder statesman there. But I was one of the younger myself and Paula were one of the younger couples on on board. I'm always the elder statesman until you enter the room. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We ended up. We started uh, Regensburg to Passau Mm -hmm. to Vienna and then Budapest, right along the Danube. Beautiful. So yeah, there's a couple of those cities that I I know of. Now you flew into Munich, though. We flew into Munich, correct? But we didn't stay in Munich. We took us right to the because airfare was included at this particular. We we came right now. We should have done a couple of days on and a couple of days at the end. You could have done a couple of days before with Munich or a couple of days after with Budapest. That would have been probably something that next time. That would have been the logical again. choice. Yeah, um, there's the the Hofbrauhaus. I mean, as yeah. we've talked about before, I lived for about six months just southwest of Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have put you on, on the road to a couple of great abbeys that also have absolutely fantastic beer gardens. Oh, I would have loved to have done it. Just the beer in Bavaria alone, though, like those those Bavarian uh, purity laws. Like it's incredible. Like they don't they take their beer seriously, Robert. Correct? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, and yeah. it shows. I mean, yeah, it does, doesn't it? You don't get a bad drop. Even that that um, non-alcoholic one there that I've capped. I'll have to have it sometime. I'm sure it's good. And, and that all that. being said, I know when I was living there, I always preferred the cluster beer, the beers mm. that came out of the abbeys, as opposed to you know the, the bigger names, the Paulaner, yeah. the Augustiner Brau, um, the Lohen Brau, uh, Spaten, uh, all mm. those. I mean, they're, they're good yeah. beers in their own right. Yeah. But they just can't measure up to the cluster beer, up to the to the Abbey beers. Were no, there any right. were there any abbeys in particular you were able to visit as part of your tour? No, we 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 missed the one in Regensburg. We didn't go. Well, there was a couple in Regensburg that that was the one where you'd be the old bishop's house. There was a former abbey there, but it was no longer uh, brewing beer. But the one we got to was the one the. Um, in Austria was the, and the name is escaping now, was the abbey that produced the wine. 
in the apricots. And I brought back a lovely bottle of wine from there. It's name escaping me. I thought you could help me out here. It'll come to me. You know what? Vienna no, is one of those cities. All I've seen of Vienna is the train station. Yeah, no, this was, was um, kind of blowing through. This so. was more I'd love sorry. to see it one day. Was it rural? It was rural Surrey. It was rural Germany just before we got into Vienna. Um, and the, the Abbey's name escapes me right now, but the wine we had from it was just lovely. Nice white wine. Uh, but no, the other beers, we just kind of went in town. But I ended up going to pick up a lot of those beers that were available at that particular Abbey because they were all available in the local um, supermarkets. So I ended up getting all those beers. Too bad we couldn't get more of them here. Yeah, and too bad you couldn't make some some more visits. Were you able to visit then any of the, the cathedrals oh, along the, the way? Cathedrals. We spoke about that before. So we did do about four or five cathedrals. Again, don't ask me the names in all the towns in Budapest, in Vienna, and in Regensburg, and in Passau. But we spoke about this before, Robert, the beauty of them, the architecture, the, the paintings, and then the crowds and the tours. So on the one hand, I know they have to keep this open to tourists because that's their bread and that's the bread and butter. They, you know, the funds from the tours keeps these huge cathedrals going, correct? But sometimes mm-hmm. you lose a little bit with the crowds walking through constantly, right? You don't realize you are in a place of worship, but I mean, that's for another show type thing. We spoke about that earlier on, too. But here's one for you. Because we mm-hmm. always talk about the Catholic faith having truth, beauty, and goodness. So mm-hmm. how many conversions do you think happen with these tourists that go into the cathedral and are just captivated by the beauty of it all? Mm. And they could just be going to the cathedral because they want to get out of the heat of the summer sun. Well, let's just duck into this church. It'll be nice and cool in there. Mm -hmm. And then when they see not just the architecture, but the artwork that Mm -hmm. are in these cathedrals. Incredible. Right? And the story of God and the story of salvation history that is presented Mm -hmm. in the artwork. Mm -hmm. There has to be some conversion stories in there. There must be. There must be. And just the whole magnificence and the little chapels off to the side and then down. You know, you might find a chapel down below. It's just... They were they were truly awe inspiring. They're incredible. You don't see anything like that in North America. The size and the grandeur and the age of them. Well, I, I mean, they took hundreds. To say the age, so yeah, yeah, like hundreds of years just to build Robert. Some of them were being built over two, three hundred years. Yeah, and I remember that from my university days mm-hmm. when I studied medieval history. Mm-hmm. That these cathedral projects lasted for generations. Generations, absolutely. And the cool thing was, is the trades now, and they were talking about this in Germany with the trades, and that, you know, you got mechanic and you got plumber, and then church restorer is one of the trades mm-hmm. available in high school because there's such a niche market for that, right? That's I thought that was very cool. Yeah, the, the, the church restorer. A church restorer, uh, the art restores, and just the mm-hmm. work that has to go into cleaning the pieces of artwork to restore yeah. them to their original beauty. One other fascinating thing about the cathedrals and the building of the cathedrals mm-hmm. that I remember from my university studies, they're not really built from the ground up. And what I mean by that is that they don't lay the footprint of the entire cathedral and do a row of bricks all the way around the whole thing and then do the next row the, the way we would do a build these days. Right. They were actually built from the sanctuary mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. so they would actually yes. build right up to and including the roof over the sanctuary right. and then they would work into the nave and and then progress along the, the length of the nave doing a section at a time yes until they got to the narthex yes and that could take again years and years and years to do all that that was kind of cool yes and they again, spoke about that, Robert, the guides. Well, the guides were fantastic, by the way. Now, the guides, obviously, in English? The guides were in English, yes. Uh, they were local. A lot of them were teachers or university lecturers, but they were absolutely fantastic with the working knowledge of not only the town or city you were in, but the actual churches and the cathedrals. So I thought they were very... I think they have to... I think there's a test. There's certainly a license that you have to have, because we were mm-hmm. with our guide in Budapest, and... She was stopped by a couple of, I guess, uh, government authorities who asked to see her license because I guess there's a lot of people who take 
people uh tourists on on these um guided tours who aren't licensed so you have to be licensed so she says that was the first time she was ever asked because there was a big thing the guys were complaining that a lot of people were being taken by non-registered guides so i thought that very interesting that is neat the yeah. kind of like the the tourism police but again yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> i think that's good because yeah, you, that is good you're paying big bucks for these guides so you want to make sure that they know their stuff. They know their stuff, absolutely. And they all they all knew their stuff. They did a great job. So you're going to do the big uh, biking cruise with Ellie in the near future? I think it could be a possibility. I it think could it be really a possibility. Be. You could practice your German, Robert. Yeah, but it's been so long that I have a Deutsch gesprochen. So it's so schlimm, my Deutsch. So... Exactly. Not, not, yeah, Imoga beer. Yeah, I, I'm beer bitte. Beer. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a beer, please. Beer. <laughs> Another thing that we wanted to talk about from recently, Dennis, was the passing of a good friend and a colleague, Kevin, who passed away after a fairly lengthy illness mm-hmm. and the testimony uh to kevin's legacy was very evident i was only able to make it to the visitation but just by right. the, the number of people that were there uh kevin was a colleague of ours in mm-hmm. the catholic school system but kevin was also the music minister at a local parish as well so he had touched many many lives between both of his ministries, either that as a teacher in the classroom or, or in the music ministry. Uh, now, you were able to attend Kevin's funeral, and you said it was just absolutely beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, he. I think music ministry for over 30 years at that parish, that local parish. But uh, it was beautiful. The Mass was beautiful. The number of priests, former parish priests, can celebrate so there must have been four priests there that had all worked with Kevin over the years. We had worked with Kevin over the years. Um, I found that mass right in the middle and with his, they had a recorded song of his, uh, one of the hymns of him singing. And I think that was, you know, that was very difficult for a lot of people. Beautiful to hear his voice, but it it kind of was very emotional for a lot of people when they heard him singing at his funeral. Oh, for sure. But what an absolute beautiful tribute to kevin right oh, to, uh, absolutely and his but, daughter sang at uh she sang as well at the funeral and uh you know at the funeral they said a beautiful few words his daughter and his wife before the mass began um and the priest gave a great homily eulogy as well and kevin i was we were very lucky to have kevin bo- uh, at both my mother and my father's funeral sing for us uh for my family and visitors well, so it was yeah i was just going to say missed. that mm-hmm. uh, kevin did a lot of funeral music ministry so again just such a a fitting tribute i think he did one only a couple him. of months ago too yeah so uh quite sad and he was on our trivia team as well he was a very good trivia player uh hockey golf family man you know like music ministry like you say great teacher and um you know 65 years young as they say robert but yeah. And I just wanted to underline the the beauty and the importance of the the, the right of Christian burial, right? A, a massive Christian burial, because it's not a time to be sad, but it's it is a time to mourn, but it's a time to acknowledge too the passage from this earthly life to the heavenly life, and it really is a commendation of the soul into God's hands. Mm-hmm. And when it's done properly, when it's put together by someone who knows a little bit about uh, the, the spiritual connotations of our faith mm-hmm. around death, the readings that are suggested for the mass of Christian burial, they offer so much hope, so much hope. And two so of those hope, readings... Yeah. Uh, come to mind as well. And I'm I'm pretty sure we had these at my own father's funeral. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one from the beginning of the second chapter of the Book of Wisdom. And again, it just talks about, you know, 
don't be sad that they're no longer here. Know that they've gone on to something better. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm just going to paraphrase because I don't have it open in front of me. Uh, And then the same, there's one from one of the letters of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. And I'm not going to get into which letter and chapter and verse, because again, I just, I don't have it in front of me and I don't want to make a mistake. But again, it talks about that hope that they are not shadows, but that they are living, that they are alive in Christ. And when we listen to those readings in that time of grief, and we're open to that message of hope that mm-hmm. they share, it really is that hope that we have to cling to. Because if we don't have that hope, absolutely, all there is is despair. Despair. And I was thinking that too, as we were going through the whole Mass, what a beautiful way to end, you know, the final, like you say, the commendation. But if you don't have that faith, and Kevin was a very faithful man, wouldn't it, he would be very hope. You know, despair. You would be despairing at this time near the end of your life, correct? Yeah, it would despair, hopeless, mm-hmm. depressed. All like all of those dark images come to mind. Yeah. And from speaking with members of Ted's fam, Ted was speaking with Ted, who was Kevin's mm-hmm. brother-in-law, right? Who we also work with. Mm-hmm. But he said those final days for Kevin because he was able to be there. Uh, were absolutely beautiful and that Kevin was ready and he had that hope and he had that knowledge of knowing where he was going to. Yeah. And the priest had mentioned that at, in the homily as well, how he knew that and he was giving him hope, the priest, he was giving, picking the priest up as well. And he was very, very content with the fact that he was going to, you know, pass away. And hopefully as we all hope Robert, well, exactly. I think that's the mm-hmm. hope we all have to have. It's the hope we all have to strive for is that that hope of a happy death. Mm-hmm. And that, that happy death comes from the knowledge and the hope of the promise of Christ. 100%. And now's the time to to really pray for the, the family. Now's the time for those who are close to the family to be reaching out because it's once all of the visitation and the mm-hmm. funeral and the receptions are done, and life just becomes quiet again, those are the times when the family truly needs the support Mm -hmm. of their faith family around them. Yeah, and and they spoke about that, you know, both his wife and the priest during the homily about Kevin's faith. So I think think that's important that, um, you know, Kevin is remembered in our prayers, like you say, Robert, as we go forward. So you have a couple of um, sayings I'm looking at in Latin, Robert. Yeah, I have a couple of saintly sayings. I have one that actually ties into the last subject that we were just talking about with Kevin's Mm -hmm. passing. Uh, And I have, I came across another one that actually ties into your seniors cruise. So I want to, I want to go with the first. And I'm allowed to read it in French. You promised if you read in Latin. But I want to go with the other one first, because we're just going to do it very quickly. And it's, it's. Uh, not necessarily a, a saintly saying. It's not the, the words of a saint as such. It's the, the words of Lou Holtz. Do you, mm, the old you know Lou Holtz? Football coach. Yep. There you go. So, and I came across this out in social media land. Uh, he was Scott Hahn. I put this out mm. on, on Facebook. And so I'm going to pinch this from Scott Hahn. Want to be happy for an hour? Eat a steak. Want to be happy for a day? Play golf. Want to be happy for a week? Go on a cruise. Want to be happy for a lifetime? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I thought of you when I saw this, and I thought, I just have to share this on the show because uh, I don't know about your your eating habits, if uh, steak is something that you eat regularly, but uh, golf and the seniors cruise are are, are both Golfing there. The I know. Right. What about if I take a cruise every week for the rest of my That's really well put by Lou Holtz. Good, faithful man. Right. And just, yeah, the, that notion that, you know, you want to have that pleasure that's passing or, or happiness yes. that's, that's passing, all of these different things on different levels. But a lifetime of joy, lifetime of happiness, like our our friend Kevin, is by putting your faith in 
in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Now, the quote I had originally planned, and I had actually originally planned this even before our friend Kevin had passed away, but I was Mm -hmm. just blown away by this quote. Uh, It's in the book, Le Grand Bonheur. No, this is not the book I gave you. This is another book. Le Grand Bonheur. The, the same author, Nicolas Diab. Same author, okay. Uh, out of France. This book has not been translated into English yet. Le Grand Bonheur, mm. La Vie des Moines. So the, the Great Happiness, The Life of the Monks. Similar in certain ways to A Time to Die, which talked about how death is treated in the monasteries. But this Fantastic kind of, book. Mm-hmm. This book goes through kind of a little bit the day-to-day life. Uh, it's very much uh, Nicolas Dia was at the Fongombo uh, Abbey. And it's just kind of his observations and, and his musings from, from his time there. And I again, I was put on this book because while my son was visiting Belgium, my mm-hmm. friend there was reading this book. He showed me a picture. It's like, oh, I love that author. That book mm-hmm. isn't available here. Take Michael to the bookstore to pick that up. And so this quote is from the inscription on the tomb of the founder of the Fond Gombo Abbey uh, in France. And so I'm just going to destroy the Latin Mm -hmm. of this inscription. Like I destroy the French, Mr. Duolingo. And then we'll both together, we'll destroy the English, right? (laughs) Petrus erum dictus, nunc sum sine nomine pulvis. Sed miserante Deo de pulvere credo resurgam. Dic homo qui transit Deo ut mihi propiciator nunc quod es ipse fui quod sum modo tu quoque fies. I would say uh, for my grade nine Latin, now I'm not an expert by any means, but that was pretty darn good, I thought, Robert. My problem is I always want it to come out in French. Yes, yes, yes. I thought saw a couple of times maybe, yeah. But that, uh, that's Some, Somewhere between good. French and Italian. So I, I, I did my best. So okay, let's, you hear your, let's hear your Duolingo. Mr. 700 Days and Counting. Just turn, turn 700 today. <laughs> Don't make me We laugh. should have a cake. <laughs> we'll, we'll put, it, we'll put a 700 candles in the cake for you for the Duolingo. We'll have a big party on thousand be by the end of the by the summer. We'll go on a cruise. Oh, and you're gonna correct me afterwards. Are you gonna be able to stop laughing long enough I to am. give this a go? Oh ma palais Pierre. Maintenant, je suis poussière son homme, mais par la miséricorde de Dieu. De la poussière, je crois, ressuscité, demande homme qui passe que Dieu me soit favorable. Favorable. Ce que tu es maintenant, moi-même, je le fous. Ce que je suis désormais, tu le deviendras. I'm impressed. Robert? I am okay. dutifully a couple impressed. couple slip-ups. There's one word in there that's very, very difficult that even I have to slow down in French. Miséricorde. Miséricorde. Well, I think I'm thinking of the, the Pope and there's something in there. Isn't there like... There's, yeah, there's some document or something like that, which I I think in the, not misericordia misericord, deus misericord, or something. Yeah. yeah, sounds sounds familiar. Not the miser, but definitely. Court. And so my Court translation, my, my own translation of mm. this, uh, because I'm the one who did the translation, who wrote, wrote right. out the English here. Excellent. My name was Pierre, and now I am but unnamed dust. But by the grace of God, I believe one day I will be resurrected from this dust. To the one who passes, please ask that God look favorably upon me. What you are now, I once was. And what I am now, you will become. Oh, that's really nice. Especially that last part. Very powerful. I just found it to be so profound. That's really nice. And needing to remind ourselves that this mm-hmm. earthly life is passing, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, this this person from beyond, this person who has died to this earthly life says, you know, reckons I was once like you. I yeah. once walked the earth. But one day you will be like me. Mm-hmm. 
And so from this quote, there were two things I pulled from this quote. So this number number one thing is being you know, cognizant of the passing of our earthly life, that we will yeah. one day pass from this life. We will one day stand in judgment mm-hmm. right, with nothing but the good and the evil that we've done in this lifetime. Right? I think we forget that sometimes, right? That we are going to be like well, Pierre. And, and the world tells us otherwise. You just have to look at you know, the, the popular media out there and it's all about living for forever and it's all mm-hmm. about the here and now and there is nothing about death and it's not to be morbidly fixated no, on death no absolutely it's just to be ready for it mm-hmm. all right if i can make that difference yeah we've had a quote like of that before like live every day like it's your last in terms of yeah um yeah and that's it, really nice Robert. i like this and then the other part of it too was that the line to the one who passes please mm-hmm. ask god to look favorably upon me, right? And it just reminds me of our need to pray for the dead, to pray for the souls in purgatory, to help them attain that final goal of the beatific vision, to attain that final goal of being in the the loving presence Mm -hmm. of God, right? And still need to pray for each other. Right. I I don't know who needs more prayers, you or me. Absolutely. I think that's a coin toss. That's a big coin toss. Right. But we need to pray for those who have gone before Mm -hmm. us and for the souls in purgatory. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I don't want to get too, too deep into it. Uh, I know I sent you a text message a couple days ago that just I was moved and there was just something, just knowing that, again, our good friend Kevin... Mm -hmm. He he is working his way through purgatory, and he knows where he's going, but he still needs the help of the encouragement of our prayers. Right. So he 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 knows that where he's going to eventually arrive is beautiful beyond all measure, but he still needs the the buoyancy, the encouragement of of our prayers here on earth. And that's what we do. We pray for the dead, absolutely, as Catholics. Um, My quote, Robert. Yes, please. From St. Paul of the Cross. When you feel the assaults of passion and anger, which we do all the time, Mm -hmm. then then is the time to be silent as Jesus was silent in the midst of his ignominies and sufferings. When you feel the assaults of passion and anger, then is the time to be silent as Jesus was silent in the midst of his ignominies and sufferings. And I feel like sometimes we're all quick with passion and anger and we lash out. And yet Jesus was the model for that, just to kind of maybe remain silent. Sometimes silence is the best answer when we want to lash out. I know sometimes I've got a bit of a temper and I should remember this as I go back to school, you know, with students for the next 10 months, Robert. And sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe silence might be the answer to that. So my question for you is this. Mm Just thinking of this quote, and I think there's two di- just two different ways you can think uh, about mm-hmm. it, and and you've kind of gone from from the one perspective. But where is this attack of passion and anger coming from? So is it mm. an attack that is coming from outside that is being foisted upon us? We are the target of someone else's. No, good point. Wrath. Or again, I think, which is the, the perspective that you brought to it, mm-hmm. is it something that's coming from within? I never, I thought from within, but you're right. You could read that both ways. You could, it, and it maybe lends itself to the former, Robert, when you feel the assaults of passion and anger. Maybe when people are thrusting that upon you to kind of remain silent, correct? I, that's the my initial inclination was to approach mm-hmm. it from that perspective that when you are the target of, of another's wrath to uh, stand stoically stand silently in the, mm-hmm. the the face of this as our Christ did at his crucifixion mm-hmm. right I've had a, a friend as well at one point talk about this that you know where someone came at him and this gentleman is a deacon and someone came at him angrily questioning things of the faith and he said he just sat quietly which she said to a certain degree infuriated the the person even more right because they were looking for an argument 
And he just remained silent. And it was a week or so after that when they crossed paths again, this person actually apologized for the way they were. And they said it was actually better that you didn't say anything. Mm, yeah. And now we can have a lucid conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So both of those kind of came to mind as you were you were talking about that. But again, too, to control our own passions, to control our own anger, yeah, as you were talking about. And that can be difficult in the heat of the moment, if not downright impossible. It's very difficult. That's something we should all try, I guess, though, Robert. We must try, right? Because yeah. I think sometimes you're right. You can have a conversation with people, but when they're all up in arms or you're up in arms, it's not good. Nothing's going to get good is going to get accomplished at that point. And it usually comes out with the people that we love the most. Yes, it does. And, and I know we've talked about that on, on the show before as well. And it's kind of the people we love the most that end up being the target of our passions and anger. Um, anger unfortunately that's the case isn't it sometimes really then we need to work on on keeping silent in those instances so yes do you have your um so sir music what we are now at the point in the show where we will start with what don't you insert what in the church is that don't you have that kind of insert music but we kind of have to lead into it first Oh, okay. By talking about it and saying this, because the way the music is, it was kind of funny the last time. So when we get to this point in the show, we're going to say, well, now it's time for what in the church is that? And then we'll play the the music. And now it's time for what in the church is that? Where Dennis tries to stump Robert. Hmm. You know, sometimes I'm going to run into like duplication. So you're going to have to correct me for what in the church is that. And we're running out of church items for Bert. Just want to say. I think there's way more out there. You just haven't done enough research. We are running out of church items. We are running out of church items. And there's no um, way you can gonna, run out of church items. You know, you're right. I'm going to have to go by like to medieval times and stuff like that and obscure words, if that's okay with you. Yeah. But having read this book, there was something. And again, it came out in the French, and I was reading it going, that would be perfect for Dennis to ask, and what is the church is that? Do you think I can remember what it, what the word was now? No. That would be good. Can you give me like 100 items over the next year, and then I'll just put them all aside, and you won't remember what they were? I can't remember what I okay. had for breakfast, so that would probably be a good idea. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Okay, let's see which one we'll go with of these three that I have in front of me. Let's just flip them. Okay. Um, uh, And just tell me if you've said them before okay done it done it done it (laughs) no go go ahead okay what is a what is a purse done it not to be confused did we do that that? was like that was i think like the last episode how how short is your memory if it wasn't the last episode it was the episode before (laughs) was it (laughs) i thought you mentioned it in passing okay no 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 what is a and it, correct me if I'm mispronouncing this, Robert. A lavabo or lavabo. Okay, you, you're not still... really mispronouncing it. A lavabo uh, would be a sink. Lavabo. Okay, okay kind of. It's it's a sink. I'm wondering if it's similar to the piscina. I don't think we've done this one before. Okay, good. Um, Where would, would you the... see the lavabo in mass? Oh, it comes out during mass. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the only reason why I said it's with a sink. The only reason why I call it a sink mm-hmm. is because in French, the sink in the bathroom is called the lavabo. Okay. So the and lavabo. It, it, now that you say that it's during mass, and I'm making okay, those connections. Sec. So in medi- in medieval times, correct. You're correct, Robert. When people would, and before medieval times, when people would come into the church, they would wash their hands in. The lavabo, but yeah, it's now distinctly used in the mass, Robert. When and where? That would be during the Eucharistic prayer when Father has to wash his hands, right, before the consecration. Uh, On what are the words that he says during this? Uh, Lord, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then from, and the altar server report. 
I would ring the bell, but apparently the bell doesn't work. No, I'm giving you ding, 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 ding. I'm checking off your answer, Robert. Very well done. Presented to the priest by the acolytes. They pour water over his hands, over the lavabo. As he recites from Psalm 26, wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. You get a check mark today, Robert. Well done. And okay, did you have another one? You said there was a third I one. I did. Or... I had a third one, but I know you've mentioned it, but let's just, I'll throw it in there. It was kind of easy. I am sh- I don't think I've ever given it to you, but I know you've mentioned it just in passing. The Ambo. The Ambo would be the the lectern. And oftentimes in, in most of our, our parish churches now, there is just one, Ambo and lectern together. Right. I'm going to say that the Ambo is should be where the gospels are read from, where the lectern okay. would be where the readings are from. But okay. I could I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that distinction. You could have, I think you might, yeah. So a raised platform near the altar for the proclamation of the scriptures during Mass. The homily, general intercessions, and prayers and announcements following Mass are also delivered from the ambo. Yeah. But I Greek signifies a mountain or elevation. I do know that in some parishes and in the very traditional parishes, there was there's actually an amble set aside for the gospels themselves, and everything else is done from a different place. I didn't know that. Similar. Okay, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah. The next time you come up to my parish at Immaculate mm-hmm. Conception up here in Port Perry, I'll point it out to you because our former pastor, who was quite traditional, actually had mm-hmm. both installed. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Okay, we'll get some next ones. Good. Next, shout-outs, Robert. What's your shout-outs today? So my shout-out today is to my friend Didier and his wife Karine and his daughter Ava, uh, who welcomed my son Michael into their home. Uh, All the pictures that we saw through the the first couple weeks of August of our Michael Mm -hmm. Uh, over in Belgium, he was living his best life. I think he had a different monast- monastic beer every day. Nice, he had, nice. Western Mall, he had Laf, uh, he had Schuf, uh, and I'm sure there's others in there. Uh, he had the Jupiler, which I have the cup. This cup is actually from when he went to the, the soccer game. Another kind of temple and another kind yeah. of religion. That's that a plastic one, though, right? It is plastic, but, that won't break. Uh, but, but reusable plastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, that they they give out at the the soccer games. Uh, so that's one shout out. I wanted to give another shout out because I, w- I thought to mention this at the top of the show, and then we got into the fact that the bell wasn't working, and I got mm-hmm. I forgot. Uh, a shout out to all of the priests out there you know, who pray the mass for us, who bring us the Eucharist, who bring us the sacraments and, and sacramentals, and. I needed to throw out there that coming up, by the time we get this out, you'll still have a few days to get this together. But September 9th is International Buy a Priest a Beer Day. Mm-hmm. I've already put something out on our Facebook page, and a few people have taken it up and are running with it. So Saturday, September the 9th, uh, is International Buy a Priest a Beer Day. Whether you take Father out to the pub or you drop a, a pint off in the at the rectory or in the sacristy forum or just give it to them in a, a nice gift bag after mass this coming weekend and really it's there just to to have a day to share some fellowship with our priests right so i, w- I wanted to throw that out there too so those are my, my two shout outs how about yourself dennis that's nice. Um so father kevin and father chris expect a 2/4 on september the 9th from robert Oh, they they Each, have to work the with me. They're going to need more than a 2-4. Two, 2-4. Four. Two, four. Um, uh, September 10th is by a lay pastoral associate of beer day. I'll just throw that out there too. <laughs> I just, just made that up. But <laughs> all, the, all the LPAs out there, expect to beer. Um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my um, my kids in that um, we dropped off our youngest. I guess you feel old when you drop off your youngest at university, which we did. Our youngest, Kate, is attending university, so we dropped her off on uh, Friday. My middle one just finished her degree, and my eldest was running with the cheetahs in Namibia um, for the last month. Not running with them, but doing some studying over there, and he's back at school in Europe. So just a shout out to uh, my kids. 
Azure, Michael, Roberry, they give us such great joy and we're blessed to have them in our lives. And um, so we just give them a shout out. And uh, I think they keep us young and they keep us honest and they keep us, well, they keep me, you know, going to my ATM as they finish their education. But well, you actually have to go to the ATM. For me, it's usually, can you just e-transfer me the money? But (laughs) (laughs) it's such a nice, uh, we're so blessed to have them in our lives as you. As you point Amen. out on a regular basis. Amen. Yeah. So, Dennis, as always, the time seems to have flown by, and my hourglass here is just about empty. Always a pleasure, both the pint and the conversation, Robert. So how was your first responder's pint there, pal? It was excellent. It was very good. I would buy that in a heartbeat, in a New York City minute. Did it have a nice full flavor? Like it had that nice oh, dark amber color. It looked like it was full of that's flavor. Ex- it's that's exactly that full. You could taste the caramel and the the malty and the hops, and it was just yeah, it was it was really good. Worth the drive to Lindsay. I'll have to get up. Yeah, there. which is only about what that's only about half an hour. It's, for it's you, about right? a half hour for me. So yeah. yeah, that's good. And my Gahan honey wheat ale. Uh, did not it? disappoint. I, if okay. the only thing that's disappointing about it is that it, that was the only tin of that I had in the beer fridge, right? So mm. that's that's done now. Uh, and maybe another reason to head back out to PEI one day. To I wish I could just up. transfer you a couple of beers right now, my from from my fridge. They're very cold too. But... Well, no, I have beers in my fridge. That was just oh, the last. That one was the last one from PEI. Okay. From, from that one, right? But the the pints were were fantastic today. Yes. Yes. So if you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook, drop us a line there, or send us an email at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. And we'll chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton? In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care, my friend.